Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. a second week of a series we started last week called Money, Myths, and Magic. And if you missed last week, hear me, you need to go back and listen to it, right? Like, go, if you're on the boat, stop watching today and go back to last week and then come and watch this after, right? Like, like it is a huge, crucial, crucial message that we preached last week talking about money. And, and so as we get started, if this is your first time here, you're like, great, I'm here. The pastor already spent a lot of time on offering. They're probably going to pass the offering buckets again because he's talking about money. Um, that's not going to happen. And the reality is, I know this, you know this, people get funny when you talk about money. Um, but I love awkward conversations. I love talking about awkward things. And I like making people feel awkward. Just ask my wife. Um, and so I, we're going to talk about money, and we're not going to shy away from it. We're going to lean into the awkwardness of it. But here's what I will tell you, is that nothing weird is going to be taught here today. I'm weird, but I'm not going to teach anything weird. So um, we're not going to teach anything that's not biblical. We're not going to be like, if you give $20 today, it's going to multiply into $200 by next week. We're going to take a seed offering. Um, any of that stuff, we're not doing that. Um, I, I just want to talk to you about Money, but I want to talk about myths we believe that we hope magic will fix, right? And a lot of us, we get ourselves in trouble when it comes to myths we believe because we start believing myths and we get ourselves in trouble and we're hoping magic will fix all this out. And there's a better way for you and I to function. And so my hope is that when it comes to our finances, we would make better decisions and live with fewer regrets and live it out in a way that just simply matters, so today I want to talk to you about the myth. The title of my message is this, and it's the myth we're going to be talking about. When I, then I. When I, then I, right? When I, then I. And we'll, we'll get to kind of what that looks like and what that means. But I'm going to ask for us to be honest. I need some crowd participation out here today. Um, I want us to be honest because if you're not honest, I'm going to talk about lying next week. Um, so um, how many of you have ever played the lottery? Just stick your hands up. Like, I played the lottery. It's okay. Some of you are like, oh, my gosh. I'm going to pray for his gambling problem. Um, dude, if it's a billion dollars, I'm playing the lottery, right? I'm just, why not? You can't play if you, you can't win if you don't play. So how many of you, again, like some of you, you're shocking your spouse right now. They're like, I can't believe you. Um, we'll do a marriage series later. Okay, so, so. Here's the deal. About a year ago, last time I played, it was a billion dollars. Some of you remember this in January 2022. Billion dollar, like, like grand prize, and I bought two tickets. I never played the lottery, but I'm like, why not? You know how many churches we can build in Africa? And so, here's what happened. <laughs> I bought two tickets, and like, and, and, and here's why I can almost guarantee you guys did the same thing I did. I bought two tickets and I went home and I'm like, Casey, we're going to win, right? Because I'm like, I'm not just, I'm not, I, I played to win. And I'm like, we're going to win because I'm a pastor. Um, <laughs> 
And when you hear my strategy, you'll understand why. So I went home and I got a piece of notebook paper out and I'm like, God is my witness. If you help me win, this will all come true. I, I, my first thing was I was going to win it anonymously so nobody would, knew your pastor was rich all of a sudden. Um, I was gonna win it anonymously. Then I was gonna call my financial advisor, Stephen Frank, who goes to our church, who's at OND. Like I was like, Stephen, you're just pretty much taking care of me now. Like all your other clients don't matter. We're gonna do this and here's what I was gonna do. I was gonna give 70% away because you know, $300 million is plenty for anyone. Like let's not be greedy. Um, I was gonna give like all my family was gonna live great. All my close friends gonna live great. Um, I was gonna buy a beach house. I was gonna buy a mountain house and I was gonna give million dollars out like they were $1 bills, right? Um, I was gonna buy a 67 Ford Mustang Eleanor. That was my big, oh, I'm getting weak in the knees here. Um, and this is my favorite. I was gonna bribe my old Bible college to come let me speak in chapel and name a building after me. I was going to do it. The Justin Graves Preaching Lab. Um, come learn how not to do it, right? And here's the simple truth. I couldn't sleep the night before the lottery. I was, so, I was so excited because I was going to win. And I'm like, Casey, our lives are going to be changed forever. You know, and I'm just like sitting there and she's like, are you not sleeping? I'm like, no. I'm like, because I, I, I've seen Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, right? I know. I see Charlie, right? You just need one golden ticket, right? That's, I got two. I got two. I got two chances. And I even played the Powerball. I don't even know what the Powerball is, but I'm like, I want it. It says Powerball. That sounds awesome, Right? And my whole strategy was when I win the lottery, then I will, right? And it's one thing to do this when it comes to the lottery that you and I will never probably ever win. But a lot of us, we do this when it comes to our life. A lot of us, if we were being honest, we do this when it comes to our finances. And it looks like this, well, well, when I make more, then I'll get out of debt, right? When I make more money, then I'll be more happy, I'll be more content. When I, make, when I get a raise, I'll have more peace. When, when, when I get that promotion, I will be more successful. When I make a certain amount and buy certain things, then my family will be proud of me. When I make more, then I will work on being a better spouse and being more present as a parent. When I make more, then I will tithe and I will give and I will be generous when I then I fill in the blank. Here's the crazy thing is that we think when I, then I is a, is, is a real solution. But can I tell you, when I, then I is a horrible, horrible strategy for you and I to live our lives. Because here's what happens. When we start basing our life and our finances off of a when I, then I myth, our life starts looking a lot like this balloon. Now, this balloon has no more room in it, right? There's, there's no more room for air. There's not much room for some pressure. And this is a perfect illustration of what a lot of our lives look like today. When it comes to the area of our finances, when it comes to our time, when it comes to our stress level, when it comes to our peace, we have no peace. We have stress. We have anxiety. We're in debt up to our eyeballs. And we're going, man, but, but, but the solution is, well, when, when I get to that promotion, when I make this certain amount, then, then the pressure will come off. And, and, and the simple reality is, is this is what we want our lives to look like, 
right? There's give in this thing. It pops in my hand right then, right? There's give. There's, there's some margin here. There's no margin here. There's tons of margin here. I'm not worried about this thing popping. I'm worried about this popping, right? And Reggie comes in and is like, hands, everybody down, right? Code red. Um, is, I'm, not, I'm not worried about this popping. I'm worried about this popping. Why? Because we left plenty of room. We left plenty of margin. And can I tell you, all of us want our lives to look like this and not this. And the question is, how do we get from here to here? Because a lot of us, you're tired. You're exhausted because life and your finances feel like and look like this. You're tired of struggling with money. You're tired of fighting with money. And and here's what I'm going to tell you. Today, this is not a sermon about how you get rich. Bummer. But today, I want to talk to you about something that will take you from here to here quicker than anything else. And I want to talk to you about contentment. I want to talk to you about contentment. It's not even Thanksgiving, and I'm talking about contentment. What's going on, Justin? Like, this is a Thanksgiving message, not a summer message. But can I tell you, discontentment will take you from here to here quicker than anything else. And if you're going to see the opposite happen from this to this, you better and I better get contentment in our life because it makes a massive and huge impact. So our text today is found in 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm going to try to get these balloons to stick for a little bit and come back to them. One, nope. Nope. Okay, so 1 Timothy chapter 6 says this, but godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. Oh, that's hard. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, a trap, right? Into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction for the love of money, not money itself, but the love of money, needing more of it, right? The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains, Right? It's not that, that something outside of their realm of control, something outside of them hurt them and damaged their faith. It was self-inflicted wounds. And if I know you and I know me, I don't want to be a person that is hurting my own life by self-inflicted wounds. So the question is this, how do we come to the first place of this scripture? But godliness with contentment is itself great game. Becoming like him and being content with what God has done and given you is itself great gain. How do we get contentment in our life? First thing is this, you've got to stop comparing your plate to others. You've got to stop comparing your plate to others. What what God is doing in your life and what he's doing in others' lives, stop comparing it. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 9, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. I love this verse. Stop desiring, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. And don't we do that? Man, for for a lot of us that struggle with discontentment, and, and hear me, this is a pandemic in our culture. In the United States, discontentment is a huge, huge deal. And the reason is this, is that we're busy constantly comparing what we got 
expect what they got. It's like when you go to a restaurant. If you go to a restaurant and you go and you decide to get something that is good rather than something that is good for you, there's going to be a conflict that happens at your table because your food's going to come out and your friend or your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend decided to order something that was healthy rather than something that was good. And it's going to taste healthy, right? Like you can only disguise kale so much. Kale's going to taste like kale. I'm just telling you. But bacon and cheese always tastes like bacon and cheese, right? It's going to be at the marriage supper of the lamb. Like there's going to be things that happen. And, and, and like I love what my, my buddy Aaron Renfro does when he goes to a new restaurant. He'll be like, I've never been here before. He's talking to the waiter or the waitress. He's like, bring me the best thing on the menu. And they're like, so you want this? He's like, that's the one, right? And they bring it out, and he loves it, and everybody else is like, oh, it's kind of okay. It's kind of that great. I wish I would have gotten what you got, but I got this kale salad instead, and it tastes like grass. Well, yeah. Why ain't that person enjoying the kale salad? Because they're busy looking at the cheese and the bacon on the other plate, right? You went to a pizza place, and you got a salad. Like, come on, man. And here's the deal. When we're there, we're not content with what we ordered. We're looking at what the other person is enjoying. And the same is true in our life. Can I tell you what will get your life out of just absolute, what will put it in absolute chaos is when you start living your life comparing it to everybody else's life. And we do great at this in our 20s. We get out of college and we're all broke, right? We're all broke, and we're like, okay, cool. But then other people's careers start taking off, and people are doing different things than you are doing. And like, for instance, when I got out of college, I was a youth pastor. And my best friend is a doctor, still is a doctor. And like, Corey's buying all this cool stuff, and I'm still driving my car from high school and college. And Casey's car from high school and college, and he's in an Escalade. I'm like, man, that's really awesome, Corey. Hey, can I tell you what happened? I wasn't honest. I really wasn't jealous because he was a doctor, and guess who gets paid more, doctors or pastors? And don't you dare say pastors. <laughs> the doctor did, right? The lawyer does. And my job wasn't to compare, well, this isn't fair. This isn't right. I went to school. He went to school twice as long as you, Justin, and is way better at it, right? Like, like. My job wasn't to compare because here's what happens. When my life is full of comparing, I lose every time. And when your life is full of comparing your life and your stage and what God is doing in your life and through your life, can I tell you, you lose and so does everybody else you're comparing to because here's what happens. You can't be happy for them. Man, they don't get the friend that they really deserve. And comparison always costs you. And can we just say this? Man, if God didn't do one more thing for you or me, he's already done way too much. Right? I mean, he's already done way more than you and I ever, ever could deserve in our life. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says this. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I love what Theodore Roosevelt said. He says, comparison is the thief of joy. It's true. I've never seen a joyful, content person that is busy comparing their life to everybody else's. But I've seen people that are joyful and content that are busy celebrating everybody else. And man, can I tell you, the church is way better when we're busy celebrating rather than comparing. 
I read this this week and I, I loved it. It said, stop being jealous of people in their winning season. You don't know what they lost in their losing season, right? That's so good. And some of you, you're jealous of people in their winning season and you wouldn't say it, but you're busy comparing and saying, well, it's not fair, but you don't know what they lost to get there. Can I tell you, man, if contentment is ever going to be a reality and present in your life, then comparison's got to be out of your life because if there's comparison, contentment is absent. But if there's contentment, comparison is absent as well. The second thing, the second way that we have contentment in our life is this. Understand the financial pressure we feel has less to do with how much we make and more to do with what we did with it. It's true. 90% of the world's population, if they made what you made, it would solve every one of their financial problems and they would have their wildest dreams come true. Think of it. So, so the pressure we are feeling, it's really not about how much we make because the rest of the world would be like, how do you make $45,000 and your life's like that? You're like, you're a rich person, right? Like, how, how do you make what you make and your life feels like this? It's not about what we made or how much we're making. The, the, the answer isn't when I make more, then I'll be more responsible or more faithful or be the steward God has called me to be. It's when I become more obedient to what he's called me to do all along. Because here's what I found out. The whole myth of when I, then I, man, when I make more money, then I, that fill in the blank part there, that is full of actions we know we should be doing now. Right? It's full of actions we know we should be doing now. Now, and contentment, man, contentment brings along with it right now obedience instead of living in a pretend world of when I make more money, when I get a raise, when I get here, I'm all of a sudden magically going to start functioning and operating like God's called me to operate and function all along. No, you won't. You're going to buy a new pony instead because gas is too expensive. Well, that pony makes a lot of sense now, right? No, no, and it's, it's just true. And here's what happens. When we get to this place and we don't have contentment, a part of our life, here's what's happened. We've lost control. And we've lost something that the Bible talks about, the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. And when we lose self-control and when we lose control of our money, guess what happens? Money has control over you and has control over me. And instead of you bossing your money and instead of you being the master of your money, money all of a sudden because you lost control and you, can I tell you self-control means you say no to self. And saying no to self isn't fun, but man, it is really productive and hugely beneficial in your life in every area of your life. But when we lose self-control and when we lose control, all of a sudden we lose control over our money and our money all of a sudden has control over us. And here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. He said, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And I love this because the Amplified says this. That means money, possessions, fame. Right? The stuff. Possessions. The stuff. Some of us, we're not trying to make more. We just want more. Right? 
We want the fame, the popularity that comes with wearing the latest and driving the latest. We want the status, right? Or whatever is valued more than the Lord. Here's a crazy thing to me, and this makes me lose my mind. All of us here, we are tempted to buy nicer cars, wear nicer clothes, push ourselves to this place financially for people we have no idea who they are. We're trying to impress people that don't even know us. And some of us were trying to impress people that don't even like us. What? And you don't like them. You're just like, look what I drove. Now I'm success. Is that really your definition of success? Based on what house you live and what car you drive and what clothes you wear, who could care? That's fifth grade stuff, man. Let's grow up and be the people God's called us to be. And Jesus said this, you can't serve money and God, either you're serving God with your money or you're serving money instead of God. And I love this because you've either surrendered all or you haven't surrendered really at all. Right? So here's the huge benefit that contentment brings. Here's what living a life here does for you. And I love this point. maybe my favorite point. Contentment keeps you from stupid. <laughs> contentment keeps you from stupid. It, keep, it doesn't always keep you from doing stupid stuff, but it sure helps. Perfect example, exhibit A. <laughs> I always tell you, man, I'm in his with you, not like, I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you. Ben Franklin said this, contentment makes a poor man, a poor person rich, and a discontentment makes a rich man poor. Can I tell you, discontentment always costs you. And contentment keeps you from doing stupid stuff. I have a great truck right now. Um, I have a Chevy. It's 2018. It's got 65,000 miles on it. It's gorgeous. It's got four-wheel drive. And I say this all the time. People are like, well, you got a pretty truck, not a cowboy truck. Yeah, I'm not a cowboy. Hi. My name's Justin, and I'm a city boy. I'm a preacher. I'm not a, I'm not a cowboy. I got a pretty truck, right? I don't got a dually, Jeff, I know, because I don't work cattle. Like, I, that's not me. I got a pretty truck that's got four-wheel drive and leather seats and really pretty wheels, right? And it looks great, but I couldn't go mudding if I wanted to. I'd be like, I'm stuck, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I have a great truck, but all my buddies have been buying new trucks, Bunch of you, it's your fault. <laughs> I bought new trucks. Nate's laughing the loudest because he got a new one, right? And here's the deal. I'm sitting there and I'm going, man, yeah, look at that port. Like the screen's nice. Look at that dog. Just got like a freaking iPad for the display. Like, look at all these things. Some of you have bought boats and like, oh, yeah, I need a boat with that. I don't, ever, I don't even really like the lake, right? But I don't need a boat because they got a boat, Right. And can I tell you, I, I, I went home, like probably five of my really close friends got newer trucks. And I'm like, I went home and I told Casey, I'm like, Casey, don't let me buy a new truck. And she's like, what are you talking about? Your truck's great. I go, I know it's great. I go, I want to do something stupid right now because I see what everybody else has, right? I went to one of my buddies. I was like, man, I need you to like not let me be stupid and buy a new truck. He's like, you got it. I will keep you from stupid, right? Because what does discontentment do? It makes you want to keep up. It makes you want to get dissatisfied. It makes you want to do stupid, stupid things. But when I get satisfied with what God is doing and has done in my life, it keeps me right here. And can I tell you, this is way more full of peace. 
This is way more full of joy. My finances are way more purposeful. I can still give 25 to 30% of my income away to his kingdom. When I start living with contentment, rather than trying to keep up with everyone else because I'm never going to be able to keep up with everyone else. Can I tell you, someone's always gonna have bigger and better toys than you. Just happens. And you gotta learn to be content with what God has brought your way. Our text again, 1 Timothy chapter six, but godliness with contentment is great, say it, gain. For we brought nothing into the world. Right, and we can't take it with us out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, and let's be honest, we got a lot more than that. Man, let, let's, <laughs> the irony of this verse, of us reading it, we've got a lot more than that. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire more, and are discontent and want to get rich, fall into temptation, into a trap of when I, then I, right? Into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people, that lead people. When I, then I will lead you to ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. So here's what I want to leave you with, and i got to hurry. It's this, is that contentment isn't contingent. It is determined. Contentment isn't contingent on your situation, on your bank account, on your house, on what you drive, on the amount of places you can go out to eat each week. It is determined ahead of time. I am determined that I am going to be content. It's not going to be when I get to this place, you're not making and you're not living in some fantasy world or pretend world, but I am going to choose my way to being full of contentment. And that is what contentment and that is how contentment happens is when you choose your way there because you will never feel your way there, right? You've got to make the decision that I am not going to hope to experience this contentment, but I'm going to be obedient in choosing to experience contentment. It's not something I'm hoping to experience. It's something that every follower of Christ should be experiencing and it should be a reality in our lives. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, you say, if I had a little more... I should be very satisfied, but you make a mistake. If you are not content with what you have, you would not be satisfied if it were doubled. Philippians chapter four, Paul says this, and I'm closing. He says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. God help us. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to be poor. And I know what it is to have plenty. I know what it is to be rich. And I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty, whether being rich or in want, and I'm poor. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. Here's what I want you to know. It's something learned. You learn it. You learn your way. You choose your way towards contentment. And Paul didn't stop there, did he? Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, probably one of the most misquoted, misused scriptures in all the Bible. 
I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That doesn't mean you can jump a mile high or that you're going to be able to run faster than Usain Bolt all of a sudden. Well, he's going to equip me. No, that's not what that's meaning. In the context of what Paul is saying, I've learned to be content in any and every circumstance. It says this out of the Amplified, and I love it. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I, I love this. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. That means this. I am enough because Christ is enough. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Can I tell you that's a life right here. Man, I am enough because Christ is enough because he's infusing me with inner strength. So I am up to any challenge and capable of any challenge. And some of you, you think, oh, I can't do that because I'm not in a financial situation. I'm not at a place. Can I tell you, God wants to get you here so you can do all the things he's called you to do for his kingdom and for his purpose. Because that's a way better way of living than right there than being maxed out and stressed out. Can I tell you, money, my prayer is this, that when we get out of this series, you're not continually stressed and maxed out and can't sleep because of your finances. But that you allow contentment to take the front row and the driver's seat of your life, and it leads you to a place where you've got peace, and you've got contentment, and you've got margin. And all of a sudden, sudden can I tell you, money's fun. It's not stressful. It's a contest to see how much you can give away. And if I could challenge you with this, if you're going to beat the myth of when I, then I, you've got to switch it. You've got to reverse it to this. Since Jesus is enough, then I am enough. Right? Because you will never be enough on your own. You'll never be enough because your bank account hits six figures each paycheck. But since he's enough, since he paid it all, then I can do it all. And I'll lead you to this, Matthew 5, 5, out of the message. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. That's the moment your life is priceless. And that's a way better way for you and I to live. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, I pray Right now, as we come before you today, this is an area, this is a place we all struggle. Contentment's a tough place for a lot of us in this room. It's a tough place for a lot of us watching online. And Lord, there's some of us, our life feels maxed out, stressed out. There's no peace, there's just anxiety. Because some of us, we keep comparing our plates to others. God, it's not that we, we need this massive increase. We just need to be more responsible and obedient with how you've called us to function in this money in the first place. And are we using this tool in a way that matters? Because, God, if we don't have contentment in our life, the simple reality is we're never going to use money in a way that matters. We're just going to use it for more and more stuff and more status and more trying to be popular, and more trying to win people's approval, when that doesn't matter. So God, I pray today that we would choose and we would be determined to come to a place of contentment in our life. 
contentment with the lot that you've given us, our circumstance that you've given us, but Lord, also in our finances. Because Lord, if we never learn contentment, we'll never come to a place of margin. We'll never come to a place of peace and we'll never come to a place of being purposeful with the finances you've blessed us with. So Lord, I pray today that we just wouldn't hear your word today. We wouldn't just listen to a better way of doing life, but we would do it. We would apply and we would be doers of your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed today. Today, if you're here with us in person or you're watching online, we want to give you a chance today to change your life. Today, if you're here, maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we want to give you that opportunity. Maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online, and you just drifted. It's kind of like what everybody says, just a slow fade, right? And you slowly just got led astray. You slowly just walked away. But today, you, you know, man, you know this. You know there's a change, man, that you're desperate for. Some of us, we feel so guilty every time we come to church. It's not. It's not that I've, I haven't even preached anything over anything about that. But today you're here and you're just like, oh, I want change so bad. I'm going to invite you if that's you right where you're at. I'm going to count to three, and all I want you to do is raise your hand. We're not going to have you stand up. We're not going to have you go into another room. We're just going to lead you in a prayer because we believe this. God sees a hand, and he changes a heart. Dave, that's you. And when I get to three, can you just, man, raise your hand, make a change, and walk into the freedom, and walk into the life God has for you today. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. Yep. Yep, I got you guys. Two over there. Is there anyone else? Yep. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, I got you guys. Five or six hands already lifted. Is there anyone else? You say, that's me. I got you. Is there anyone else? You say, that's me. You join these seven or eight hands that are lifted in this place today. Dude, how crazy is this? We've done a sermon on finances, and yet people's lives are being turned around. Is there anyone else in this place? You say, Justin, that's me today. And where I'm at isn't where I should be, and I want to join these seven or eight hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. If you raised your hand, maybe you're here, maybe you're at home, but you need a change. I'm just going to invite you to repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today, and I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living. I repent of it, and I turn to you. And I ask that your love and grace would enter my life. I grab hold of the life you have for me. And I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give these seven or eight individuals today a huge round? Come on, FC. Let's make some noise for these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.